Every day we have some kind of influence on others, just as they have an influence on you. Who are the unsuspecting mentors in your life, and how can you be the same for others? Join us as we discuss the unsuspecting mentor and more on this episode of the Noble Man Podcast. Hi guys, this is Mike Young with Noble Warriors. I want to welcome you to a new season of the Noble Man Podcast. I'm pretty pumped. We've taken a hiatus for a while, just uh, took a break because of some transitions in the ministry, but I am really excited to have some new guys with Noble Warriors sitting here at the table with me. Todd Christian's over in the corner continuing to supervise our efforts, but I've got uh, Landon Gen and Caden Kopko here who are new to the Noble Warriors family. Hey, listen, what I'm excited about is inviting these guys to be part of the conversation that we're going to have about mentoring. And so for the first quarter of 2022 and probably for the first half of the year, our ministry is focusing on this idea of mentoring. We recognize that intergenerational engagement among men is huge. Young men are hungry for the wisdom of older men, and older men are, are asking, what can I do? How can I invest in some younger guys? And I tell folks all the time that this is kind of like a middle school dance, where the guys are on one side and the girls on the other side of the gym, and everybody wants to dance, but nobody knows how to get started. So part of what we're trying to do with our efforts around mentorship is to connect the generations, to get the dance going so that we have these conversations where wisdom is transferred, energy is transferred, in encouragement is transferred among the generations. So uh, let me start by doing this. You guys are younger than I am by 20 years and 30 years almost. So um, tell me this. Tell me about someone who invested in your life, someone who poured wisdom into your life. You, you might not have called this individual a mentor, but that's what he was doing. So tell me about one individual who poured into your life as a young man. Yeah, I was thinking back about it. Um, there's a man, Jim Redwine, actually, that did uh, uh, basically it was on Thursday called the Thursday Boys because it occurred every Thursday um, at my elementary school. And he had started with his own kids and it was just basically a day in the park. And it evolved into this. Uh, usually dodgeball was one of the main things. Uh, yeah, but there were snacks. Uh, it was just kind of a general, hey, come out and play and have some fun with each other. And through that, he taught us uh, a lot of things, you know, it, it became a little more structured and, um, you know, even as I reflected back on that, there's just, um, you know, uh, we, we took care of the park, you know, there was a, there was a responsibility we cleaned up after ourselves, the dodgeball taught good sportsmanship. We had a lot of fun, played hard, but sometimes you lost, sometimes you won. Yeah. Um, just his personal stories he would share, um, it was really, you know, it was a big group, but I still think about that investment. And so it was one where, um, yeah, it, it wasn't something I, I even sought out. It just kind of came to me. Wow. You know? And so that happened while you were in elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. In the later, yeah. Later years of elementary school. So that's, that's really cool. This guy was clearly intentional about investing in some young guys. And so, um, that's part of what, guys, as we go along here, I'm going to point out some clues, and you have to be intentional if you're going to do this. And so, and so this guy was, was very intentional about investing in some young guys. I love that. All right, Caden, give me an example of someone who uh, was a mentor in your life, even if you didn't call him that. Sure. So uh, mine actually would be a family. Okay. Um, I worked at this camp uh, in my hometown. It was a day camp. It was a Christian day camp. Um, and Right before I started working, I had just been dealing with a lot of um, personal sin struggles, had just fallen away from the faith that I grew up in. 
Um, and this camp director, her name was Bonnie, she actually still gave me a chance to come and work and, and lead these young kids through a Christian camp, a week of Bible studies, activities, and things like that. Uh, and just the fact that she gave me a chance, knowing full well what I had done, um, you know, kind of changed the way I, I went about life from there. And one of the other people in her family, actually three of them, her oldest boys, uh, they ended up being huge influences on me, and they probably didn't even know it. Uh, just watching the way that they interacted with uh, the kids that they led, the way that they um, led their lives, even in the public square and the public school system, and then the way that they interacted with their parents, just their lives and their um, their outlook and their attitudes. It was just a huge uh, transition from the way that I had been thinking about life and I had been imagining what it looked like to be a young man. Wow. So so part of what I think is really cool with this is this was a, a lady, a mom. Now, clearly, she had some older sons, and she got boys. I mean, one of the cool things that I get to observe now, my, my son is married and has a son, and it's so cool to watch his wife become a boy mom. And we kind of joke about that, but there's, there's just certain things that mothers and fathers of sons pay attention to. And so love the fact that this this woman in your life um, saw value in you and continued to invest in you. That's really cool. And hopefully encouragement for some of us. Um, I would go back to my years in high school. Uh, high school football coach was an influence on in my life. But I, I worked in truck farming, if you will. This uh, neighbor in our community, I cut his grass and he sold sweet corn and sweet potatoes and collard greens and all this stuff in the community, and I would go work on his farm. Uh, and while we were working, he was constantly just talking to me about finance, about work ethic, about school, about education. And I believe he had no idea what he was pouring into me. As a matter of fact, I've been able to reconnect with him a little bit in the last couple of years. And uh, I was telling him about some of the things I learned. He said, my goodness, you, you picked up a lot. And so this guy's in his 70s now. He's, he's uh, a contemporary of my parents. And my parents in, invested greatly in me. But this guy, Howard Benton, had a huge influence on my life. And he didn't even realize he was doing it at the time. Just because he was doing life with me as we worked together. And so those are valuable moments. Let's take that a little bit further. How is it that someone could have that level of influence and not even know it. What, what do you guys think it is about someone's life who just lives in such a way that they are constantly influencing for the good people around them without even fully recognizing what they're doing, perhaps? What, what is it that, that creates a person like that? I think consistency more than anything. You know, um, you might see somebody and say they did a great thing but it, it uh you know on a big stage but the small day-to-day -day things that you see over and over again i think those actually have the longest impact on you because you you walk with somebody you work with somebody i, I think back on that too it was it was week after week there was just an example and stability with uh with jim that again still i think back on taught me a lot of, a lot of things i use even today Cool. All right. Consistency. What's another characteristic? Yeah. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, especially when I think about the, the story that I told, is just a boldness of character. I mean, they were who they were, and they uh, believed in what they had been grown up being taught, and uh, and they lived it, and they lived it boldly. Uh, and so just that example of being unashamed and unafraid of who their mom raised them to be, which was why their mom gave me the chance, just because she had experienced that redemption and had walked through it with her sons and was able to give it to another, uh, somebody else's son. 
Um, and it, it was that boldness and confidence in their decision and in their character um, that really made them stand out in my mind. Cool. So a boldness of character, consistency. I, I, would, I would think in this that just a willingness to listen and engage in a conversation. I mean, Mr. Benton, I, I remember we just walked and worked and, and communicated. He trusted me with some stuff that was pretty amazing, driving tractors and working with equipment and, and selling to customers. And, and so his trust in me <clears throat> gave me a sense of, man, this is, this is important stuff that I get to do because he was allowing me to do that. And so that was fun. And, and part of what I would, I would wrap some of this up in a word being integrity. And so what I saw in him, the way he did business, the way he worked with me was integrity. I, I think we see integrity in consistency. I think we see integrity in someone who's willing to look beyond what perhaps would be our faults and see uh, to see the diamond in the rough or to see the, the potential in someone. Um, and, and, and so that's important to have vision that is not of the flesh, but maybe of the spirit so that we could see the potential in people. And I, I think probably in each of these cases, these were godly folks that were investing in us. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so how did this spiritual influence of their time with you play out? Yeah, it, it always started with a prayer on our Thursdays. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, just consistent. There were, there were a few times that uh, he would share something from Scripture. And so it was just kind of, a, again, a play event thing. But um, it was obvious, you know, through his actions and, and through his words that uh, his faith was real. And it was what motivated him to invest the way he did. I think it was, it's interesting to kind of hear both of these stories because both of them are involved in and are surrounded by... Are you not counting by, my story here? Is well, it just your two okay, stories these that three you're stories, counting? Or these three I just, stories. Uh, and just, they're, they're wrapped just up... Just take note of that out there in listener land. <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically, mine and Landon's story is wrapped up in this uh, his Christian sphere where yours was yeah. not technically a, a Bible study or a Christian camp. Oh, you haven't heard the next um, part. Oh, Go ahead. Okay. But... Uh, just the fact that we got to see them in these situations, yeah. um, I mean, it spoke to the fact that they were already Christian, um, but it's very easy to be in a Christian sphere without actually acting like you're a Christian. Sure. Uh, and so the difference for me watching those two boys and, and their mom was not that they were constantly quoting scripture, like you said, but that they were um, living out what they had taught themselves through their own study, or she had taught her boys, sure. or uh, we heard in the staff morning Bible study, like instead of just hearing them teach that and preach that, I actually watched them walk it out and her walk these things out in the way that she disciplined her boys and the way that she taught them and the way that she kind of released them into the camp and let them let them be who they are. Yeah, let them take risks and all those things. Yeah, so let me let me tell you the spiritual side of my story since you didn't think it existed. <laughs> I, so I worked on this. I worked on this guy's uh, kind of a small farm, but he was a deacon in our church. Uh, okay, and so I got to observe him leading and praying and interacting with other folks. And uh, one of the things that I remember, he was he was an elementary school principal, and I just remember loving how he used words. Because um, when you when you start to listen to someone, how they use words, how they pray to the Lord, I mean, you know, deacons were on a rotational prayer responsibility to lead in the, the deacon-led prayer, as it was noted on the bulletin. But I just remember hearing him pray and, and hearing him interact with other people. And what I heard on Sunday, I saw then in uh, the yard as I was working or in the fields as I was working with him. 
And so you get to that, back to your word, Landon, consistency and this idea of what integrity looks like. And, and so in each of these cases, what we've experienced is someone senior to us sharing wisdom with us. And, and I'm curious, did you ever go back and thank them? Do they, do they know about the impact that they had on your lives? Have you, have you had any interaction with them since then? I haven't. Uh, there was maybe a couple years after that that I, I did, but um, I I would like to because I know he, he might remember it. my name may not. There's probably been hundreds, I mean, how, how many hundreds of kids at this point that have benefited from that. But I think it's important that he knows he impacted me, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd, I'd like to do that. Yeah. Specifically, no, I don't think I actually went back to thank them. Um they slowly over the course of time became family friends, and so we were able to interact with them a lot. They got to see, especially Bonnie, got to see me grow up in kind of the direction I've taken in my life. And so uh, while I've never explicitly said, hey, thanks for the chance, thanks for this, thanks for being like uh, someone that just had an influence over me without you even really realizing it, um, I would hope that I'd get the chance to do that um, and go back and see them again. Um, but I think she would know more than her boys would um, because often, even though I got to spend some time with them, they were – slightly more removed and at different age, different seasons of life. And so I've, I got to watch them from afar more than I got to interact with them. So I think that they would actually uh, not know as much as Bonnie would, but hopefully one day I'll be able to have that conversation, run into them again and, and let them know what happened. Well, so a couple of things I pick up from, from both of these stories. One is those young guys were probably oblivious to the fact that you were watching them so closely. I, I, I think young men can be we can fail to see how significant our example is in the lives of others who are who are paying attention to us when we're teenagers or young young adult guys and but there are young men coming behind us that are watching to see what we're doing and uh so that's important and and so what your friend uh was doing Landon was was just pouring himself into those young guys and you probably saw some younger older guys that would graduate out of this and and see how they continued maybe to be in touch with them. In in my particular case, in the last couple of years, I've been able to go back and and reconnect with Mr. Benton and just uh, just visit with him and tell him about the the impact he's had on my life. And and quite honestly, he's been surprised by that. I think. But it's it's been fun to catch up with him. And many many years later, to hear his continued wisdom about how he's doing life and how he's continuing to invest in his kids and now his grandchildren and. And his involvement still in the church um, is, is just fun to watch. So that experience that you had with, with your friend Landon and yours, Caden, um, did that inspire you to want to invest in others? How has that example prompted you to invest in the lives of others? Yeah, I think I saw, especially now that you know, he, he, you know, sacrificed that time. I mean, he, he made a priority that every Thursday, I think actually he, that scheduled, that was his day off uh, with his business. And so I've always, I've tried to invest that extra time and make that extra time in, in, in just in small ways. Yeah. I've, I've always tried to just invest even a small part of my day or, or whatever time I have. Um, and those that the Lord brings in my path. Yeah. Caden. It definitely, it definitely did, uh, because that that small chance prompted actually two years of my college experience to go and continue to work at other camps. Yeah, um, and just to give that opportunity uh, to those young kids to 
have somebody to run around with and look up to. Uh, but I think something else that it prompted me to do was actually to give people a chance. Uh, knowing who I was and all the, the baggage that I brought in, thinking as a camp director, that's not normally something you want around middle and elementary school kids. But because of that chance, like my life was changed. And so why would I not give that same chance to other people um, either to um, enter a camp if I'm ever a camp director or just like in any part of life, a chance to mentor me, a chance to talk to me, but also a chance to just um, be accepted and to be redeemed eventually. Well, and, and you just used the word that I was thinking here. This was a an redemption experience for you. And uh, so it makes me think, Landon, about your situation. Um, Were there any kids who were disruptive or controlling or challenging? And and remind me the guy's name. Uh, Jim Jim Redwine. Did Mr. Redwine ever have to uh, be patient with some guys who were disruptive, who would get out of line? And, And how did he redeem those situations? Yeah, no, there there were, and uh, you know there were boundaries because uh, you know some kids they they didn't mind that they were disrupting everything, and so I think he gave uh, you know grace and 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 tried to you know father those those kids didn't have an example and they just acted out you know because they didn't know what else to do. I think I saw that that he balanced uh, that well, and um, you know stewarded it well. Yeah. And I think that's part of what we can do with all of this. This, this whole idea of mentoring, um, it, it really is a picture. The ultimate mentor, the ultimate wise one who invested in protégés, people who he saw value in, was Jesus Christ. And, and so his message of redemption and his work of redemption is what's being played out and lived out in all of these cases. It's, it's when you look, you know, when none of us, none of us, would have chosen Peter in his raw state to be part of the the posse that was going to change the world, the group of guys who were going to change the entire world by bringing onto the face of the earth the New Testament church. No one would have chose Peter. Mm-hmm. But Jesus saw in Peter what Peter probably didn't even see in himself. And Jesus redeemed that. He brought it out and and dealt with Peter. I, I I often describe Peter as all afterburner and no rudder. I mean, he was he was going <laughs> to turn on the jets and he was going to move no matter what. And so I, Jesus invested a lot of time in Peter because he saw a lot of potential in Peter. And but Peter needed to be directed, not shut down. He needed to be directed. And so sometimes, uh, what mentors and wise men do in our lives is they see our potential, they see our energy, they see our capacity. And instead of trying to shut that down and squash it, they point it in a direction so that it can be useful and helpful and and good for the kingdom. And so that's what Mr. Redwine have done, has done. That's what Bonnie has done. It's what, what Howard Benton did with me. I, the, the lessons learned are just amazing. And so, so folks, if you're listening to this, part of my question would be, how would you engage this conversation? Can you think of someone who maybe didn't realize the impact that they had on your lives. Just just sit in those thoughts for a little bit and be reminded of how someone gave you a chance, how someone was consistent, how someone demonstrated boldness and and um, their character in front of you, how they lived with integrity, how they gave you experiences and opportunities. And, you know, here's a great opportunity. Would you, if they're still living, could you reach out to them? But then the next thing is be that guy. 
Become someone who invests in someone who's watching you. So, guys, just very quickly, what words of advice and encouragement would you give to someone who recognizes that God could be doing something in their lives to help them invest in some other people? What wisdom or encouragement do you have for the potential mentors out there? Coming from my perspective of uh, being the youngest one at the table, I think I'm still in a phase that I'm looking for people still. I'm still looking for mentors. I'm still looking for the people that uh, maybe are just going to be an influence, a passing influence even. Um, And I'm still looking for that. And so to the people who are, I think, worried about what their influence looks like or worried that uh, they don't have anything to give to 20-somethings, I would encourage them to uh, refute that because that's not true at all. Like anyone who has any life experience, I'm paying attention to and I'm looking at to gather information on how to then um, carry forward, especially in the church. I think that's the biggest place that I look for that is other men and other Christian men who are um, walking faithfully in the church and – you know, giving their lives to the, the Christian community. And those are the men that I look up to. And often, most of them, I never get a chance to have a meal with, but I, I watch them on Sundays and I watch them on weekdays uh, and we get to interact and I get to be influenced by them and they often don't know it. So regardless of who you are, who you think your status is, you're impacting a younger man. Absolutely. You know, I just want to pause there and say, hey guys, did you hear that? And one of the things he says, I never get to have a meal with these guys. I see them at church on Sunday. I see them in this context, but my exposure to them is limited. So can I just tell you, man, ask God to clearly point out to you a young man who you could just go up and say, hey, can I take you out to dinner one night? Take him to Outback, take him to Red Lobster, take him somewhere, buy him something other than a McDonald's hamburger, take him out for a nice meal, invite his wife along maybe at some point. And, and begin to invest in the lives of some younger men. They are hungry for this. Is that fair, Yeah, Caden? absolutely. All right. Landon, yeah. what do you think? No, I would You say, want to go out too? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, if you're going to offer to take me to Outback, yeah. I'm never going to say no. <laughs> yeah, never, never say no. Um, you always have something to offer. Don't ever feel like you don't have anything to offer. You do. Um, and, you know, it's got to be an investment. There has to be some space made for that, I think, is what I've seen is – it, it can happen in, in just the everyday, but the, you know, just the moment to, to stop and, and, and have those conversations is going to take a, a thought. And so be looking for it. Yeah. So we go back to this idea of being intentional. It, it's not going to fall off a tree. I mean, we talk about a ministry like this being organic. Everyone wants it to be organic, but organic still starts with someone taking initiative. And so that's what you have to do. You have to take some initiative to engage someone else and to begin to have an impact on their lives. And, and guys, I want you to also recognize that this is a two-way street. Um, I bet if we could have Mr. Redwine and Bonnie here and, and, and Mr. Benton, there, there are probably some, some things that they gleaned from this. The, the experience was probably valuable for them in some way or they wouldn't have done it. And so I want you to understand that, that we need to see the generations connect. It's God's plan. It's God's design. He modeled it for so many places in the Bible with Paul and Timothy, Paul and Titus, with Jethro and Moses. There are just many places where this was, this was modeled. And so we want to see that. And we want to encourage you to be intentional as someone who invests in the lives of other men. So we'll catch you next time for the Nobleman podcast, and we'll bring you another installment to help you understand how you can be God's man, a mentor in someone else's life. God bless you, men. 
Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Nobleman Podcast. Check out more information about mentoring on our website at noblewarriors.org slash mentoring.